Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Hi, I'm Urban Lee, the host of From Beer to the Bible, also the author of From Beer to the Bible. You can get the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com. We're also sponsored today by Hampton Ministries, which is found at HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. I want to take a few minutes to share my story with you today. My story begins with uh, my addiction, not only to alcohol, but what I like to call the four W's of life. Wine, women, wealth, and worldly ways. How I overcame those was finding my life again in Christ Jesus. But let me take just a step back to tell you of how I got the name of what now has become our platform from beer to the Bible. I was on a flight from Denver, Colorado to Dallas, Texas, and I sat next to a woman. Little did I know she was a godly woman. And being in part of my addiction at the time, I was consuming quite a few drinks and she was she was sitting next to me and just kept looking at me. And she started to talk about the Lord and she started to talk about the Bible. And I'm just talking about drinking and drinking more. And I'm looking at her and I'm laughing. And then at the end of the flight, she takes my napkin that I had my drink on. And she says to me, hey, you know what? You're going to write a book called From Beer to the Bible. And I said, hmm, I thought to myself, not likely as much as I like beer and as much as I like drinking. And at that point in my life, I really was not surrendered to the Lord. While I believed in him, he was not the Lord and Savior of my life. He was just my Savior. And to be quite honest with you, I myself was the Lord of my life and actually doing a horrible job. So she gives me the napkin and she said, you will one day write the book from beer to the Bible. You will also be used mightily of the Lord himself. And I, I take her prophecy and I say to myself, and I lean really on my own understanding. And I said, I don't know how I get from where I am now to being used by the Lord, but something inside a little voice said, take, take the napkin and never lose it and never forget it. And all these years later, fast forward, uh, when I was suffering through addiction I remember being in rehab and I went to rehab at Grapevine Valley Hope. And I remember a part of the hope I had deep, deep down in my heart was I remembered that she had given me this prophecy of I was going to write this book from beer to the Bible. And I would have a ministry to help those who suffered uh, from alcoholism and addiction. And it really inspired me and kept me going. And as I talk about rehab, I want you to know that when it gets really, really bad and you don't know where to turn and you don't know what to do. And at that point, I didn't. My addiction had basically made me incapable of even living life. And my dad called me and told me, son, you need to go to rehab. My wife was saying you need to go to rehab. And it actually took my wife three days to find me a rehab because I was so incapacitated 
and remind and remember I'm drinking the whole time. Right. So my wife's trying to work. She's trying to corral me and she couldn't put me on a plane. We finally found one in California that I thought really would have helped me, but I was not sober enough to get on the plane. She kept searching the internet every day. She finally found this place called Valley Hope and she called them and they're hearing me in the background. I'm going crazy and I'm, I'm drinking because I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, if I go to rehab, that means I could never drink again. So I run upstairs um, and we had a bar and I grab a half gallon of vodka and I just go to chugging that thing. And I'm not sure. I knocked out most of it. I'm not sure how my wife got me in the car. No, I take that back. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. She got me in the car. She got me to rehab. And a funny thing happened when I got to rehab. I wasn't really drunk anymore. I started apologizing to everybody that I could find. And it was like I was having an out-of-body experience because the alcohol kind of wore off. And while I was in rehab, uh, I met a gentleman after I sobered up. And I want to talk to you guys just a second while I have it on my mind is that my first week in rehab, I remember very little of it because they had to, um, they put you in detox. And I do remember there was this lady, her name was Miss Deborah. Miss Deborah sat by my bedside the first five days I was in there, giving me ice cubes, covering me up, making sure that I had soup. And, you know, God bless Miss Deborah because she really didn't have to do that. And she saw me in my weakest state. And the Bible always says, and we need to always remember that God will never leave you nor forsake you. So even in rehab, when I could not take care of myself and get my soup uh, to my mouth, Miss Deborah was there. So a week into rehab, uh, I'm able to go to the cafeteria. Well, if anyone has ever suffered from withdrawals of alcohol, you get tremors. And my hands were shaking so mightily I go to get my tray and I could not carry my own tray. And, and you feel like everyone's watching you. Well, suddenly this man appears. His name is Corey. God bless Corey. Corey said, I got you, brother. I'm going to carry your tray. So again, God's mighty provision, when I could not even carry my food, God provided the hands to carry my food. And he fed me and he took care of me for my second week uh, in rehab. And I always tell people, I feel like my time in rehab was the closest I've been to heaven. And I say that because we're stripped of everything. I had no wallet. I had no money. And we share everything. And when a person needs a hug, they say, hey, can I have a hug? I'm struggling. I'm having a bad day. There are no facades. There are no trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's real in rehab. And when I knew I was in the right place was we were sitting in a group and there was a young lady I'll never forget she probably was about four months pregnant and we were all going around talking about our, our drug of choice. And she talked about her children and she said, I love my children, but I'm in love with my drug. She said, I'm in love with my drug, which was heroin. 
And I said to myself, I said, that is the most powerful statement I have ever heard about addiction. And for me and my active addiction, while in rehab, I remember one day we had a speaker come and there were 60 of us in the room. He said, everyone stand up. And then he said, everyone sit down but six people. He said, that's about how many of you will stay sober the rest of your life. Six, that's 10%. And I said to myself, well, I may as well leave now if that's the odds. And then a little voice spoke to me and said, reframe it. Make yourself one of the six. And I made a decision in my soul, which repeat after me is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So in my soul and in my will, which resides in my soul, I made a decision. I said, I will be in the six people who are going to remain sober for the rest of their life. So I went about um, in rehab. I went through the AA 12 steps. Certainly, God bless AA and that program, everything they do. And they came alongside of me, along with the people in rehab, our counselors. And what they did was I needed three things. I needed love, which they gave me every day unconditionally. I needed faith, which was they gave me through the Bible and the 12 steps and reconnecting me with Jesus. And then I needed hope. And the hope was found in the word of the living God, because I started to pray again. I started to read the Bible again. And I met a gentleman there who actually, I will say he discipled me and truly led me back to um, Christ. And his name was Lonnie Hampton. Thus, the ministry I've started is in memory of Lonnie Hampton. I can tell Lonnie's story because before he passed and went home to be with the Lord, he gave me permission. Lonnie had battled alcohol and drug addiction for 38 years. He had also maintained his job for almost 40 years. And the one thing I learned from him was he was always telling me two things. Lee, keep it simple. Lee, stand on the word. Lee, you know what? You need to stand on the word. And he taught me that. He also taught me accountability uh, for my actions, because when I got there, we met. And the first thing I told him, I was blaming everybody, my wife, my job, my life. He said, shut up, shut up. And I was like, what? And I'm, I'm a pretty aggressive guy, so I really wanted to fight him. But something said to me, it's not him speaking. It's the Lord speaking through him. So I listened to Lonnie and I took accountability for my actions. And I started then to say that it's not the world. It's not the enemy. It is that I had started to drift. And one of the things I always like to communicate is the importance of your soul. And I talk about the soul because I'm after your soul, but I'm after your soul for Jesus Christ. The enemy is after your soul and he and the Lord are in battle for your soul. The most precious thing the Lord gives to us is our will. And as I spoke about earlier, your will is in your soul. It's integrated with your mind, your will and your emotions are integrated and they make up your soul. 
and we'll talk more about the importance of your will as it relates to your recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. This is Irvin Lee from Beer to the Bible. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Hi, this is Irvin Lee from Beer to the Bible, author as well of From Beer to the Bible. You can get the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com. And we're also sponsored by HamptonMinistries.org. You can find more information for us at our website, HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Let's continue our conversation about the importance of our soul when it comes to recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. One of the things as I spoke about earlier was learning the value of protecting my soul. And what I mean by that is we have to take heed to what we hear, what we see, what we do, and what habits we form. When I started to break down my life, well, more importantly, when my counselors started to break down my life in rehab, one of the things they said to me is, you want to be your own God. And I was kind of taken aback by that. They said, everything you do in life is based upon what you want, which is self-centered and selfish. And it's based upon how you feel, not what is true according to the word of God. You live your life based upon your emotions. Well, that was kind of tough for me to hear. But as I thought about it, and more importantly, I prayed about it, I realized they were right. I realized that one of the things that happened to me that led me into addiction was drifting through life. And what I mean by drifting is I no longer had a plan. I no longer had good habits. I really forgot how to live. And when I was happy, I drank. When I was sad, I drank. When there was good news, I drank. When I got bad news, I certainly drank. My wife made me upset. I drank. And what was happening was my feelings were leading me to believe that drinking cured all. So instead of leaning on the Lord, I leaned on the bottle and I continued to do that. And what I realized was I needed to change. And a part of that change was protecting my soul. So I started to censor and edit out things that I heard, that I listened to, the things that I digested in my soul. 
So I became very protective of that. So basically, while I was in rehab for 31 days, all I read was the rehab materials, the books that they gave us, the AA book. And most importantly, I read my Bible and I prayed. And I got to be honest with you. I had not prayed in years. I, I remember I was a person who faithfully prayed at least once a day. But the enemy said to me, hey, why are you praying? You, you know, you're self-made. I'll never forget that. And when you don't have enough of the word of God in you, the enemy's lies sound good to you. So he said, hey, you did all this. You got your career. You got through college. Why do you need to pray? And believe it or not, in my foolishness, it sounded good to me. So I stopped praying. And so between the enemy and alcohol, those were my two guys that I served. And what happened was despair, sin and rebellion and ultimately addiction. And as I began to read the word of God, I began to focus on prospering my soul or better yet, allowing him to prosper my soul. And a part of that, you know, people say to me, well, are you recovered? I said, yes, I'm recovered. And they said, well, the Lord miraculously healed you. And I will say this. Yes, did the Lord heal me and do things to support me in the supernatural and the spiritual? Yes. But I had a part to play. I made a decision. If you think about it in the Bible around the prodigal son, he made a decision. He came to himself. The Bible says he came to himself and he returned to his father's house. Well, between the Bible, my counselors and my newfound uh, discipline of living, I came to myself and I said, I don't have to live this way anymore. I'm going to also return to my father's house. And that's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when I made a decision, yes, in the supernatural, he empowered me, he equipped me, he led me, he guided me during my 31 days of rehab. And a lot of that I credit to me running into Mr. Lonnie Hampton because he discipled me. And it was a humbling situation to have someone tell you all of the things that are wrong with your life. And I remember he said to me, he said, Irvin, you have everything I had. You have everything I had. I threw it all away. My wife, my family, my money. And I no longer have it. And the Lord is showing you what it looks like to lose all of the things that you're about to lose if you do not change and allow him to work in and through you to conquer this addiction that you are suffering. And those are powerful words that I remember. And I want to wrap up by talking about Lonnie uh, Hampton because Lonnie is so inspirational to my recovery. A week after he got out and I got out uh, shortly thereafter, he asked me to pick him up at the hospital. He was having a non-invasive surgery. Well, that turned into 
I get to the hospital and I'm trying to pick him up. They said he's in emergency surgery. He's probably not going to make it 48 hours. And I remember standing there and I'm crushed because I'm saying, Lord, he's battled for 38 years to be sober. He's finally sober. We've got all these things we got to do. And the Lord said, where's your faith? Just as clearly as I'm sitting, where is your faith? And I said, you're right. So I started to pray for him. So not only did he make it 48 hours, he made it almost a year. Sadly, Lonnie was diagnosed with stage four bladder cancer. And one would say, and I got to be honest, I had a lot of questions of the Lord. I said, well, Lord, I'm doing well. And he has stage four bladder cancer. And I realized that it's okay to ask the Lord why. And what the Lord said to me was, enjoy the time that I'm going to give you with him. And then I said, Lord, he has no family here. Who's going to take care of him? And the Lord said very clearly to me, you are. Well, let's break this down. I'm about five weeks sober. Lonnie is about six weeks sober. I've never taken care of anybody. At heart, I'm a very selfish person. The Lord is working it out of me. And I said, Lord, I have a business, and I don't know if I said this yet, but I, at the time I owned a chain of liquor stores. So I'm saying, Lord, not only do I have to repair my marriage, not only do I have to steward a business that you've blessed me with, now you're saying to me, take care of my friend Lonnie. Again, I'm not equipped at this point to do any of those things. But what I had to do and what I learned was when the Lord calls you and he gives you an assignment, he will empower you. He will equip you. He will lead you and he will guide you. And I learned that throughout my almost 12 months of taking care of Lonnie. We had lots of ups and downs. And I remember when we had our first doctor appointment after he had been diagnosed with bladder cancer. We walk in and the doctor says, well, who's this? And Lonnie said, this is my caregiver. And he said, well, how long have you guys, how long have you guys known each other? Are you related? Because you've given him power of attorney over all your affairs and also over the decisions about your health. And I said, well, maybe like 35, 40 and he said, years? I said, no, like days. <laughs> he said, wait a minute. And he said, well, okay, well, where'd you guys meet? I said, we met in alcohol and drug rehab. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Is there anybody else that can take care of Lonnie? And he said, Lonnie, do you really believe this is a good decision? And Lonnie said, yes. And, and he said, wait a minute. So what happens when I give you guys bad news? Lonnie said, I'll never forget, he said, we're going to stand on the word. Well, the doctor at the time, I don't think he was a believer, and he said, stand on the word. And I said, we're going to stand on the living word of the living God, and that will see us through. And he said, okay, but I'm going to be real with you guys. There's going to be good news, and there's going to be bad news. And I said, we're going to stand on the word. And we had a wonderful journey of almost a year, and the Lord is graceful to us, even in situations where the end is near. 
And Lonnie had that extra year, and Lonnie was able to mend his relationships with his ex-wife, his children, with his friends, with his family, and it was beautiful. I was there with him to the end, and as I think about him, the one thing that I learned from Lonnie was never give up. Here's a guy who fought addiction for almost 40 years, drugs and alcohol, from place to place. Sometimes he was homeless, but he always kept his job and he always kept fighting. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Irvin Lee, a host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can support Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.